Hi everyone, thanks so much for checking out All The Way With Chris J. The word support means the world to me. This is just a quick warning that this, this episode does include conversations about sexual assault and abuse and transphobia. So if these are things that you're affected by and you don't wish to hear about it, please click away now. Um, and I love you. Thank you so much for the support. Hey she's, he's and they's, it's Chris J here. Are you ready to go all the way? Yes, baby, it's episode two and I'm so fucking excited to be here talking to you beautiful people. Um, Joining me as always is my producer, Chris M. Do you wanna say hi, Chris? Hi, Chris. (laughs) We're fucking weirdo. (laughs) Um, And we are ready and roaring to go today. I'll tell you, we are recording at not even 1 p.m. We are two glasses of wine deep and we are fucking ready to surf this shit today so episode two i want to talk about some stuff that really means a lot to me um being non-binary i see myself as trans and the trans community are somebody that are constantly have negativities thrown their way and it's really disheartening it's really sad to see because we don't deserve it nobody deserves it and i just want to give the listeners a statement that trans rights are human rights and I know somebody see that some people see that and they don't understand what that means. But I just want to say that we're not fighting to be better than you. We're not fighting to receive more attention than you do. We're fighting to receive the same level of attention that you do. We're fighting to receive equal rights. And that's what we're on the streets protest, protesting about. That's what we're trying to fight for in this country and in every country in the world because trans people have been in existence for as long as life itself. You know, um, same with non-binary people. We have always been there in the world. We've just been silenced a lot of times through oppression and colonization and all of these things. But we are here and we are valid as ever and we are louder than ever. And I think people struggle with that because they think it's a new thing. It's something that hasn't existed, but it's always existed. And I think it's great that we are here to have these conversations now of what actual equal rights mean, because there are a lot of people out there that think equal rights and fighting for equal rights, just like people fighting for Black Lives Matter, means that they're looking for some some level of importance over anybody else and we're not we're just trying to get marginalized people to have the same acceptance and rights that every other single person in the world does and that's why i was so honored to be asked to speak at the trans rights protest um i've been out two months now and i basically came out on a coming out video on social media which was so unexpected but It was the right way to do it without having to message every single person in my life or that I've spoken to. And it was a powerful thing because I just turned the camera on, spoke from the heart, and that somehow really spoke to people. I think it's very rare that somebody has like a public coming out as non-binary like that. And I'm not a famous person. I'm not a celebrity. I'm just a little bit known on social media. But it caused 
people to it caused people to see me in a different light and see me for myself and I can't tell you how happy and accepted I feel about that I feel amazing I feel incredible and it's that that caught the attention of the organizers of the trans rights protest um they asked me to make a speech um about being non-binary and that was terrifying you know anybody that's ever stood on a stage in front of people that they don't know and made a speech it's fucking terrifying especially when it's something new to you and you're thinking do i am i using the correct terminology am i using the right words and the right phrases but all you can do is speak from your heart and and tell your story and that's what i try to do you know and there's a lot of people out there will say well what are you fighting for but a lot of us trans people non-binary people we don't feel safe walking down the street we don't feel safe just being ourselves and just displaying ourselves as ourselves whatever that means and it's difficult because we should feel that anybody else can walk down the street and feel comfortable and safe and happy in this whatever place they they just happen to be in in and we we struggle with that and that's why allies are important you know um a lot of people will call themselves allies but where are they when we really need them you know they'll be there at pride and say oh yes girl work yes for your dress yes work but where are they at the protests where are they when we're being racially abused or um abused with transphobia or anything like that you know where where are they then they get very silent when their friends will um be racist and transphobic and that's not i just want to say that i understand that conversations can be difficult for you but imagine that conversation when it actually affects you when you are the person in question that's being shamed and um and demolished and all these awful things you cannot sit there and say well i felt uncomfortable to say something when the people that you claim your allies to feel uncomfortable their whole life with these comments and these conversations and these hideous remarks that should not be in existence when we're just trying to fight for ourselves and for survival you know especially throughout this pandemic the last two years so many people have lost their lives because they've not been able to get the help from um the trans clinics that they need a lot of trans clinics have seen barely any people in during the pandemic and there are so many people that need um medications and surgery that are not being seen and therapy even therapy is such an important thing through um through transitioning at whatever level of transitioning or just being a non-binary person and trying to figure out what that means and how to live your life and all of these things you know for example if i if i broke my leg and i needed medication or i needed treatment i could go and get it even during a pandemic if somebody needs the tea that they need for their hormones how do they get it if the clinics aren't responsive to them how do they get put on a treatment that they need that they've been waiting for so long it's a very hard thing and the government as we know just don't seem to really care they don't seem to give a fuck because to us to them we're just a tick to a box because to to them we're just a box to tick when they need it they don't really consider us the same as themselves 
because we're a marginalized group so they just see us as below them because that's what Tories do and that's what the LGB alliance does and to me LGB alliance and Tories are just two in the same (laughs) they're just the exact same thing just with a different a different face um and anybody that's seen the stuff that the LGB alliance are doing is fucking hideous I mean they just want to erase trans people period you know being a trans person doesn't mean that we expect everybody to be sexually attracted to us. It doesn't mean we expect everybody to want to be with us. We just want to be seen as people. We just want to be seen as the same as everybody else. And I just want to put a note out there that true feminism means supporting trans women. And I know some people don't understand that, but a trans woman is a woman. A trans man is a man. You don't get to put the guidelines out of what being a woman means and what being a man means. People are who they say they are, and we really need to start listening to who people say they are. So in all the positivity of coming out and all the gender euphoria, um, there were some unexpected things when I basically got a message from one of the trans rights um, protest organisers to say that they'd received some mail from an anonymous account basically trying to shame me for sex work and shame me for kink for kink work stuff that I've done um to make money and that's a very difficult thing because I instantly thought fuck well what are the pro what are these people going to think of me for this because you don't know what people's judgment is going to be and I just want to say that I'm not ashamed of anything that I have done in sex work because I will do what I do to make people happy and to make and to make money because it is a business at the end of the day. I'm not ashamed. If I was ashamed of doing something, I would not do it, period. And it's really just gross and unsavory that people would do that. But, you know, that's something that that's not too akin to transphobia that people just want to see something that they don't like and want everybody else to not like it as well. And we're here to say that we are valid. You know, nobody gets to tell me how I how I live as non-binary. Nobody gets to say, oh, so you're non-binary because you paint your nails. No, I paint my nails because I want to fucking paint my nails. Cis straight men can go out there and paint their nails. Why can't I? You know, I just do what makes me feel happy. And it's the same with sex work. I do within my boundaries, what makes me feel happy. And nobody, nobody gets to tell me and shame me of what I do and don't do. And unfortunately, it seems to be spreading. I've heard that these people have been messaging other accounts of trying to, I don't know, tarnish my name. And I just want to say, anybody that knows me, if you, if you know me and you receive messages like that, come to me. I've been very grateful that the people that have had that happen have come to me. But you do fear that there could be people um, in your past that will see that and monopolise that and kind of run with it because people love drama. The gays love drama. The queers love drama, period. And they'll go with it They like it's an edited Drag Race episode. Uh, <laughs> and it's weird because I never thought that would be my life. That's, a, that's what somebody would be doing. But here we go. I, wasn't gonna, I was not going to let it stop me from getting on that stage and telling my truth at the protest, no matter how much they wanted me to. You know, the organisers did not believe them, and that was the most important thing to me. But what upset me in their messages was that they claimed that I didn't care about trans people. That actually broke me more than anything, 
because I see myself as a trans person, as a non-binary person, I see myself as trans because I don't align myself with the body I was born in. So it's hideous that somebody would do that because I've never been that person. I've never been transphobic. I've never said anything against them. You know, the more I've learned and the more I've understood in the last few years, especially with aligning who I am, it's hard to read something like that because you think, well, are they going to believe that? Is somebody going to believe that? And is that word being spread to people? And then I started to think, well, they know where I'm going to be on that, on that day at that time. Am I, is my life then in threat? Is somebody going to do something? And I remember sitting in the garden with friends um, a couple weeks before and saying, I don't know if someone's going to throw acid in my face. Because you don't, because this is an anonymous stranger. It could be anybody. And I got to that event not knowing what was going to happen and being alone because I had nobody to support me. Um, so I was scared the whole time. But, and I can't stress this enough, the community of people that I'd never even met before lifted me up like you can't imagine. It was the safest fucking community I've ever been in. I've never been to a, pr a pride and felt safe or accepted. And yet at that protest, we were all there fighting for the exact same thing. We were all there to lift one another up. The majority of speakers had never been spoken, had never spoken on the stage before. And yet we were all there to elevate one another. And that, my friends, is the trans community. And that is true acceptance. So I'm very grateful that I got the opportunity to do that. And I just want to circle back to saying that kink shaming is never okay. Sex work shaming is never okay. You know, just because I do something on video or whatever does not mean I'm forcing anybody else to do it. It's consensual with myself or with somebody else. And I will never, ever, ever force anybody to do something. I'll never put anybody's health or life at risk. So just remember that, kids. Consent is important. So speaking of consent, um... Consent is something that has affected me a lot in my life and consent is a very sexy thing and consent is very important, um, especially in the work that we do and in the world that we live in. So I just want to open this about by asking Chris, what does consent mean to you? Um, I would say consent is making sure that the person you're with is okay with what you're about to do. So, like, asking people and getting a yes, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I and I think it's a continual thing as well, you know? I think, for me, consent is... You may consent to, to something once, but if you change your mind, you are allowed to change your mind. And I think it's very difficult for some people to um, be able to speak up. And I know I've been in situations where... I haven't spoken up at times, but it didn't mean I consented. And that's a very difficult thing to allow yourself to um, sit with because it can stew. And um, so I just want to talk about the fact that silence is not consent. And uh, going back into my experiences, um, there was a situation a few years ago where I was asked to do a photo shoot for... Um, a very prolific gay magazine uh, and I 
did so, I it, it was very exciting because I never expected them to do it. Um, it was a magazine where they travel to different cities and they do sp- issues in that specific city. And they weren't intending to do one in my city at the time. But the, photography, the photographer said, I'd love to work with you regardless. We'd love to do something. And that was very exciting because it was a time in my life where things were changing, things were developing, I was doing new things. And it was something that was so out of my comfort zone that I was like, sure, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that. I've seen the work that they do. The majority of their images are, you know, people undressing uh, at home. So they were coming to my home to do the shoot and it all started fine. I'd never met this photographer before. Um, They eased me into it. Um, We started clothed. I worked up to being completely naked beautiful shots very happy with with them but then midway through I was on the bed and I did a great really great image of um me with my butt towards the camera very happy with that image I still love that image but it's tarnished slightly because at that moment the photographer turned to me and said should we take a break and I said yeah sure we've been doing this for an hour that's great a break is awesome and then they proceeded to put their hands all over me and I don't know about anybody listening right now but if you've ever had somebody touch you inappropriately when you weren't expecting it it's hard to know how to react because you don't want I'm somebody that worries about how I make people feel and I don't want somebody to to feel like I'm offended that by them or offending them by saying I'm not interested in you but it instantly made me freeze because I'd been in a situation previously where somebody had tried to rape me to sexually assault me and it took me straight back to that moment of a stranger putting their hands on me and trying to open me up And I lost it and I just froze and I didn't know what to do. And you start second guessing yourself and you think to yourself, what do I do? How do I get out of this situation? How do I make this situation end as fast as possible? And you almost ascend to a level outside of yourself. You almost astral project outside of your body and you're watching the the situation happen because you're not a part of it, you just want it to end. And so I just let it continue. But that wasn't consenting to it. And I know some people struggle to understand that. I've had a lot of conversations with people struggling to understand that. I've had conversations with people who will mock the whole situation and say, well, what do you want to do? Walk down the street and we have to consent to everybody. Well, don't touch somebody without their implicit acceptance of you doing so, you know, especially, and this is so prevalent in the, in the porn community, in the sex community, we've just recently seen, um, Ron Jeremy being arrested for a ton of sexual assaults. You talk about 20, 30 sexual assaults dating for however long decades. Um, and it's so prevalent in the, sex community in the queer community in general that people are getting 
people are getting abused in one way or the other. And I think we have to learn how to speak up to that. We have to be able to speak up to that and we have to listen to victims because people so often want to run to the defense of, well, you didn't say this then, or you didn't do this then, but we don't understand the reason of why they didn't say that at the time, because we've all had, many of us have had experiences bad experiences and we don't know when that's going to come back to us and for me when I was lying on that bed all I could think of was when somebody tried to rape me that's all I could think of and unfortunately I'm the person that has to deal with that now because throughout regardless of therapy I'm the person that thinks back to that and especially at the beginning of the year I had a period of two weeks where I just didn't leave the flat because all I could think of was the guilt that I felt for that happening for something happening to me that I didn't want to happen I didn't allow it to happen it just happened I had to force myself to be attracted not attracted to this person but I had to force myself to make this person come just to make the situation stop and that's not that's pressure that's not somebody consenting. That's somebody being forced into something that they don't want to do. So I just want people to go into situations thinking, what am I signing up for when I just randomly grab somebody? Because you, why are you randomly grabbing somebody? Why are you doing that? You know, just because you're in a photo shoot with somebody and they're naked doesn't mean you have access to their body. You know, we all sit at home, we all watch porn, we all, we've all been on OnlyFans or on fan sites or whatever. That doesn't give us the right to go up to people on the street, to sex workers and porn actors, and think that we can grab them and grope them and do whatever we want with them. They are not our property. They're people. And I just want people to learn that and remember that because that's so fucking important. You don't know what you're putting onto people by just treating them like an object. And so today for Call It Out Sis, as always, we're calling out the hot topics at the moment. And bitch, do we have a hot topic for you right now? Um, find us on Twitter at Chris Vanji or Instagram on Chris Vanji underscore and let us know what you think about this whole situation. Because honey, this Ofcom shit. So if you haven't seen this, Ofcom have withdraw withdrawn from the Equality Workplace Scheme run by Stonewall. So the Diversity Champion Scheme is a very important thing. It's there to um, help protect people with their pronouns and to get diversity in the workplace. So it's really fucking horrible to see um, a huge company like Ofcom pull out because they say they need to be impartial. And it's very interesting that they would say that because what are they being impartial about on human rights? I, I don't understand how supporting LGBTQ people means that they're not being impartial. It's a very odd thing. That would be like um, going back to the time of um, segregation and saying, oh, well, we have to be impartial of, of people. It's just, it just makes no sense to me. And it just seems like pressure from the Tories and pressure from the LGB alliance because, as we know, they're causing a lot of problems for people. They're out there, they're quite prominent. And it just seems... It seems like a lot of this uh, feminist rhetoric um, 
trying to change the conversation around rights. And I've mentioned this already, but we are not fighting for more rights than anybody else. We're just fighting for the same rights. And this is all of the queer community, period. Because this won't just affect trans people. This won't just affect queer people. This will affect gay people. It will affect bi people. It's saying that we are existing. We are existing. And Ofcom clearly do not feel that we are, we are worth paying for our existence anymore. And it's sad because I've already seen articles from people saying that this is the right thing to do. And that's interesting because what is right about doing that? What is right about saying that equal rights isn't a thing? Our equality is not a thing. Have we not been fighting for equality for decades now? You know, equality does not end at gay men. Equality does not end at lesbian women. Equality does not end at bi people. Equality does not end at Asian people, at black people, it ends when every single person in the world has equal rights. It ends when everybody is on the same table, sitting across one from one another, having a conversation, not when people are on a plinth or on a platform above them as higher. And that's where we are right now, and we have to change that conversation. So make sure if you're able to, that you are letting Ofcom hear that you are unhappy about this because this is just fucked, you know? And this will be, trust me, this will be the beginning of a lot of people pulling out of the organisation. This will be the beginning of companies who previously threw money at prides and protests no longer doing so because they then feel like they have to be impartial because Ofcom did so. And... It's sad because it feels like we're kind of reversing the wheels and going backwards on where we've come. And it's it's just sad to see because we shouldn't be in this position now. You know, it's people always say, oh, it's 2021, it's 2021. Yeah, it's 2021 and we're still fighting for fucking equal rights. How, how did we get here and how do we get out of this situation? We do so by speaking up. We do so by changing the conversation. And we do so by removing these conversations of people doing so. And this is where I spoke about allies earlier. If you are an ally and you feel like this makes sense, I'm going to need you to question your ally status. Because an ally would not think so. An ally is an ally, period. And this does not make sense with equal rights. This is going against everything that we're fighting for. And it's that time of the episode for Ask Me Everything. The moment that we have people submit questions to just ask me whatever you want, open me up, get the real fucking tea, bitch. Okay, so starting with the uh, first question. Hit me. <laughs> uh, as a non-binary person um, how do you think you've changed since you've come out hmm that's interesting um, I don't think I've changed I think I just feel more like myself and I feel like I'm more comfortable with being myself so for example I've shopped in the women's if we're going to have to say women's department of, clo- of clothes stores for years um, I've always worn women's tops but I feel like I'm more comfortable with wearing them every day now, um, with just wearing what I want to wear, feeling happy, um, experimenting with makeup, 
doing random things, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be beat and looking beautiful every fucking day. But you know what? We have to feel beautiful within ourselves, regardless of what we're wearing and what we're doing. And I think I just feel the ability to be more me and to not be scared anymore. Because I know, Chris, I've known you for a long time. You used to talk about makeup and stuff because for people that don't know, Chris used to do drag years ago. Um, He would talk about makeup and I would always kind of close in and kind of not want to talk about it and not know what to say and not what to do because I was hiding myself. I felt insecure and I was trying to protect myself from people knowing my true identity and knowing my true self. And it's ridiculous because I've always had that energy. And in having conversations with Chris since I came out, he's told me that I've, he looks back and he doesn't see me as being a male or a female when he thinks about it. He's just seen me as this kind of energy has just seen me as Chris or Chris J as I'm now known as my chosen name. And I think that's really great to see because I haven't changed. I'm just more me than I've ever fucking been and I hope people can handle it. Okay, so we're going a little uh, a little bit deeper in now. Deeper. <laughs> oh, daddy. Oh. Um, so what would you say was one of your biggest regrets? Oh, wow. Um... That is a fucking deep question. Wow. I don't know who asked that, but damn. Um, My biggest regrets. You know, I I don't want to stay on the same page, but my biggest regret in life is just not coming out sooner. You know, I came out as queer when I was 16 to people. And then I was forced out at 18 by my family. And I wish that I'd been more comfortable or been more aware and known the language years ago sooner to be able to say that I was non-binary or I was gender non-conforming or genderqueer as I identify. I wish I'd been able to do that sooner because I I do feel like I held myself back a lot. Even though I've always been myself, I've been lying to people a long time and lying to myself a long time by using words like boy, by identifying as a man and trying to reiterate that, you know, I'd have, especially in sex work, conversations with clients and keep using words like I'm boy, I'm man, call me son, call me whatever. But every time I did that, I was hurting myself and I was abusing myself. And I don't even think that we realize that we do that until you get to the point where you are out of it and you think, how did I do that for so long? And the consistent misgendering that I was doing myself was causing me so much damage, but then it was also facilitating this lie that I was a man and other people were feeding into that. And, you know, every day I still get messages from people calling me man or mister or bro or dude. And also, who uses words like bro? But, you know, I still get these messages and then I have to correct people for the majority of the time they're understanding But for the other times, people will be like, but I've called you that before, months ago. And it's like, yeah, but babe, that was months ago. And I wasn't comfortable with it then. I'm not comfortable with it now. You just have to accept it. You have to listen to what I give you, you know? So that would be the thing that I wish I'd done sooner. That's what I regret, just not coming out as non-binary sooner. Out of interest. um, Yeah. 
the people that have acted quite offended or upset by... There's been many of them. <laughs> do you think it's because it's uh, wrecking their fantasy, so to speak? I think in some ways, yeah, because a lot of them, in particular with me, you know, I'm in my 30s. I still look quite young to the point that if I shaved my beard, I could I, I could possibly get people into trouble. But <laughs> So I've done quite well off the... I hate using that word, but the daddy-son thing. Um, and so, yeah, that does wreck some people's fantasies. But, you know, they are buying into you as the person. So if somebody, um, you know, somebody could not change their gender, somebody could have an accident and lose an arm or lose something, but they're still going to be that person. And I'm still this person. I'm, I've not lost anything. I'm, I'm more myself than ever before. So it's just about buying into the fantasy of the person more than anything. And I'm fortunate that I've benefited off that quite a bit because I've had people see me as this kind of ethereal kind of being. I'm neither male nor female. I'm just this beautiful caramel fantasy. And that is something that's really great. Um, I just need people to be more like that because, you know, we need to stop slapping sex onto stuff, like um, body part wise. We need to stop saying that a person um, has to have this and has to have that, or they're not a man if they don't have this, or they're not a woman if they don't have that, you know. We get to create our own fantasies, and if people buy into my fantasy, then that's fucking beautiful. Okay, so the third question. Uh, might be a nice and easy one. Um, oh, third time's the charm. <laughs> what are your favourite uh, scenes to film? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I, well, I love whoever asked me that. I hope they're a subscriber. But um, I love filming scenes where it's literally just me and I'm talking to a camera. You know, there's so much that you can do by just looking into a camera and the way that you speak to people. You know, when you are a content creator and you're doing this for a certain amount of time, um, you learn a way to speak to people and I've always been a very direct sexual person so I feel like I'm looking into people's eyes I'm using certain trigger words um, I'm using a certain intonation in my voice I can inflect and take it up and down and I can just say oh daddy do you like that oh daddy <laughs> you know I, I love doing those solo scenes like that because that's the way to be direct with the viewers and the response that I get from people is that that's the stuff that they enjoy as well you know it's always great to work with other people and film with other people but when you do that it's dependent on the chemistry with that person and whatever it is that you're wanting to do and when you are doing it by yourself people are buying the fantasy of yourself to go back to that you know and I am good with the dirty talk and stuff. That's the stuff that I love to do when it's just me, the camera, and my dick in my hand. I know what I'm doing. I know where I am. And I know what people want to hear and see. Do you find it uh, fun when some of the scenes play into your own fantasies? <gasps> oh, majorly. You know, you have to enjoy it. And I'm somebody. I will never film something unless I enjoy it. So I won't necessarily schedule um, specifically what I'll do. I want to let things fly and see how I go and see what I feel inspired by. But I 
have to enjoy it because if you're not enjoying it if you're pulling like this false sense of enjoyment and falsehood people are going to see through that you know and i feel like it's such a difficult business sex work especially in a time of only fans and the pandemic and so many people being home where people feel like they just have to turn the camera on film 11 seconds of something and people are going to buy it and that doesn't work that doesn't last you know you have to give people loyalty if people are going to give you loyalty you have to give it back to them so that's why i kind of ask a lot of people that will buy my content what do you like to see what do you like to do and i will base it off of that and especially with kinks and stuff you know i am a very open-minded kink person i've been into piss play my whole life so i like to do stuff like that i like to um bring a meld of different things into scenes and not just have it be one specific thing because there's always going to be something for somebody in there now speaking of ask me everything chris i just want to ask you because it's literally been the two of us this past two episodes you know people are going to be so used to us right now they're gonna they're gonna be thinking about us in their sleep but <laughs> i just want to ask you a question now i've talked about a lot of serious topics in these last two episodes and i just want to know what's something that you've kind of taken from what i've said or something that you've learned from what i've said um sure i think it's actually struck me recording this that we've actually got further to go than we first thought majorly in that i you know a lot of people say oh we've got the pride parade we've got this we've got that but then it feels like some of it is totally unraveling again. Yeah, majorly. You know, the thing is, with the Pride parades, it a lot of people seem to want to say that Pride is a protest, but in reality, it should be a protest. It ought to be a protest. It was birthed out of protests. But if you look at Pride now, Pride is basically a conglomerate thing. Yeah. It's funded by companies and organisations, and it's the gay, primarily gay cis white men in the in the streets on floats that's all pride really is now and then they'll pull in like international acts to headline but where is the protest aspect of it i find it interesting um you touched upon international acts and things like that i think the the one thing that i find interesting is if their message was as pure as they like to say it is then why are they not doing it for free yeah isn't it crazy when there was an article recently about how much ariana grande was paid i think it was like one hundred fifty thousand pounds or something to be at pride but but you think of where that money could have gone in the community and i'm not saying that we shouldn't have headline acts that we shouldn't have stuff like that but when you look at the charities and organizations created how how is that beneficial when there are so many queer and especially trans people that aren't receiving the help and treatment that they need where that money could go to rather than funding a celebrity to come and do a 30 minute set at pride Mm. you know it's 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 sad to see that and i don't believe i have the answers you know we don't all have the answers but we do need to have these conversations because we are the community and we are the ones funding this stuff It's interesting because Manchester Pride was recently under fire because of cutting funding to grassroots LGBT organisations. And the question was, 
if you're cutting the funding to these organisations, why are we funding these major acts? Yeah, and then you see the response when they announced that Young Blood was going to be one of the headliners. This is this is a queer act from the community, and yet the first thing people had was, well, I like pop divas. Where are the pop divas? Well, baby, we are funding, we we are supporting the whole community. The the community isn't just one kind of person we're a diverse fucking community whether that be gay men women bisexual people because i want people to remember that bisexual people actually exist pansexual people trans people we're all there in a community it's not just for the white gays that want to get down to ariana on a saturday night you know we are all part of the community it's supposed to be a celebration for all of us um, and the LGB alliance can't take that away from us. I just want to rem- remind people of that. <laughs> I think I might have to uh, revoke my uh, white gay card because I'm not a huge Ariana fan. You know, I I like Ariana I, as a, I like Ariana, but I struggle sometimes with what she's singing because it's like. <laughs> and that, listeners, is why I don't have a music career. <laughs> and that my friends has been the second episode of all the way with chris j i'm your host chris j thank you so much for joining us on this amazing fun silly episode and on closing i just want to um get people to check out trans activism uk on instagram um they do a funding sunday every sunday where people can um find donation links for people who in the trans community who need help and support and need funding and i think that's a very important integral thing it happens every sunday so please check that out please remember trans lives matter and i love you all so thank you so much for listening i love you all and remember to come come back to go all the way with me chris jay (laughs) 